G'day, g'day everyone. This is Rita Join and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. I've been looking forward to the guest that I'm about to introduce to you for no other reason, but when you have an absolute love, passion, total care for something, and you think, how could I possibly make a difference? My guest today has actually taken a care, a passion, and a real resolve for a cause that he truly believes in and is working on that difference as we speak. My guest is none other than Chris Kayser, who's the founder and CEO of Clickatree, a company that grew out of a passion for elephants and Chris's desire to create a habitat for them. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rita. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you so much. Now, I have a lot of questions for you because you've turned, you're working on this business structure because out of your love for elephants. Where did this love for elephants come from? I had the amazing pleasure to live and work with elephants in Thailand for five years. And most people tell you if you meet them once, you will never forget them. But if you live and work with them for five years, there's no other way than to just absolutely fall in love with them. And what capacity were you working with elephants? Were you a trainer? Um, not exactly, no. Um, I worked in a, a tourism facility, but uh, the potentially most ethical one in Thailand, where we allowed the elephants to roam free and basically do whatever they want. And then I would guide guests towards the elephants and explain more about them, about their habitat, about their challenges, about their lifestyle, you know, their, their family sort of thing. So uh, that people actually got to understand these magnificent pachyderms a bit better. Wow. And is it just the fact that you've always loved elk? Because you, you're in Germany at the moment and you're German. So you just think, I want to go to Thailand to work with elk. <laughs> is that the intention? Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked and lived all across the globe. I've been to Australia for two years where I took care of uh, injured kangaroos. Oh. And uh, it's just always been um, animals in, in general, you know, and that one day I would end up with elephants. I didn't dare dreaming of because if you would attempt that in Germany, you would need to become, I don't know, a licensed veterinarian for like 10 years, um, all that stuff. Thailand was like, hi, glad you're here. Um, they are the elephants, so go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And things started, you know. They're going to crush me? What do I have to do? That's incredible. <laughs> you exactly. come to Australia to care for injured kangaroos. So like, if someone's listening to this and going, I don't want to train for 10 years to be a vet, but I love animals and I want to care for them. Is it just like a, a job description that you apply to and then you get asked to come out there and work with the animals? Is that what happens? Um, most of the time it's more like, yeah, being, being a lucky person, but also giving luck the opportunity to join me on the dance floor sort of thing. So of course, to, to work with injured kangaroos, first of all, you need to be in Australia and then you need to go out and talk with farmers, for example, who do that kind of stuff. They always need a helping hand. And it was the same with, with Thailand. They were looking for someone to more like a guest entertainer, you know, or explain things a little bit clearer to them and, and maybe have a beer with guests in the evening to check if everything is okay and in the same process of course you start going out with the guests like to to go to the elephants to go tracking in the jungle do all these things and that way they suddenly realized hey chris isn't the dumbest of all guys let's let him run some tours you know <laughs> and, um, have him join our marketing team and 
suddenly you find yourself surrounded by elephants. So <laughs> wow. Wow. How, that's how life goes if you give life the opportunity, I think. Yeah, incredible experience. Did anyone say to you at home in Germany, are you crazy? Are you losing your mind? Are you <laughs> going and working without it? Like, did anyone give that? Because once that plant is, see, is planted in your, someone's head, you kind of sometimes in the back of your head second guess yourself, like, what am I doing with my life? I'm in with animals. Did that ever occur to you? Did that ever come to your mind? Um, well, to answer the first question, yes, I got called crazy tons of times. I mean, um, when I was 18 and finishing high school here, I suddenly had the urge to go to Australia just because it's the other end of the world for us, you know? So <laughs> I'm like, woohoo, I'm 18 now. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't exactly normal back then because these days, you know, everybody goes overseas all the time. But uh, back then it was like, ooh, poor little 18-year-old is trying to explore the big, wide open world. So um, I guess that happens. There's always people who just don't understand, but uh, it's important to not get discouraged by them. There's most of the time, I think they're just jealous that they don't dare to live their life the way they would love to live their life, you know? And then suddenly they see someone else who's just, yeah, doing it. Mm -hmm. and understanding we only have one life you know so yeah. just do it the way you want to and there'll always be critics but uh, there's always always got to be admirers as well and people who support you so rather take their word of advice and do what you think matters to you Love it. So, um, Love it. so you're in thailand you've been there for five years you're working with elephants and then where does this click a tree this idea for click a tree come from that was because of working with elephants and their biggest challenge these days, especially in, in the Asian countries, unfortunately, is the loss of habitat. So these days we're losing about 15 billion trees every year due to deforestation, um, new infrastructure for humans, or climate changes, tons of different reasons. And these elephants, they don't have anywhere to go, you know. So in, in Thailand, it often leads to an animal-human conflict where elephants then start roaming the villages or the farms. And then the farmers come out, they want to protect their farmland. And that just causes unnecessary violence. And quite often, the elephants are the losers of that conflict. And I thought creating habitat for elephants is not exactly rocket science. You know, you need to plant trees, which is basically a, a task as old as humankind and to create trees all you need is, is an income so that's when we went online back then I was in, in Thailand so it was the easiest way to create a website basically partner up with a few companies who were looking for sales and then in the beginning I generated sales for them and they would pay me a sales commission and then I could invest that sales commission into planting trees so it was as simple as that okay so you said um, in, in your writing that I read, in 2012, you witnessed deforestation firsthand. Was that, well, in your work environment where you actually saw trees being cut down in front of you? Um, pretty much, yeah. I mean, basically all, all across Thailand, you, you see it happening, you know, and there's another road built and there's another mm -hmm. forest cleared to build a few high rises, okay. maybe for tourism or for residential areas or whatever it is. But yeah. I think everybody looking in front of their doorstep can see deforestation. You guys had yes. sensational fires last year, you know, I mean, I don't need to tell you what loss of habitat is like. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sad, it happens all over the planet. We have it here in Germany. We had some really dry summers for two years in a row. And suddenly all the forests look, look 
brown wood, but not really like forest yeah. anymore. Exactly. So you, you have this idea to plant trees, and I'm very intrigued by the fact that um, you say very beautifully on your website that trees equals food and shelter for animals. No trees equals no home. Yeah? Very simply put, and that's exactly what trees do. So you get this idea to create clicker tree to create habitats for elephants, their food, and other, other inhabitants that need trees as well. What was the first step that you took to put this into action? Like, so you just took your commission, your trade, and you started hiring people to plant trees? Did you actually go and plant the trees? Did you buy the seeds first? Like what happened first, second, third? Um, if you want to put it very step by step. So my, my personal advantage was I had a personal website where I was just writing about my travels and about marketing and all these things. And then on that personal website, I just created one page explaining my idea and why trees matter and how I'm going to generate revenue and how I'm then going to invest that money into planting trees. And then I've shared that idea with a few friends on social networks, you know, just to see if, if people actually liked the idea and they did. So it got shared quite a lot. I got a lot of good feedback, a lot of encouraging feedback. Everybody was, hey, Chris, great idea. Can we help somehow? So yeah, sure, please just share the link. You know, that's, that's all I need for the time being and make the idea better known. And when then the first income started coming, I yeah, hired other people to, to do the hard work. Uh, also because they know much more about reforestation than I do. I'm, I'm not a forester or something. I just had a passion. Mm. But I know there are people who love that stuff and who are excellent at it. And I also know that there are a lot of people who need the jobs. So... Mm. So I hire and offer them a full-time income for planting the trees, but then also for taking care of the trees. Because the planting is sort of the easy part, everybody can do it. Um, but then taking care of them in the long term, you know, making sure that they actually properly grow, that they're watered, that they're not being cut down again or eaten by wildlife or stuff like that. That is also super important. Otherwise, very few of those trees would make it. And yeah, there were <laughs> enough people um, who were keen to, to do that task and also these days we get new inquiries all the time from people and companies all over the globe who say hey Chris we need trees we need jobs we need income can you help so um, there is a big need and there's a big need for our planet to be reforested so <laughs> no shortage of work here <laughs> oh, and what's going through my head Chris is what an absolute blessing to be in your position to have the opportunity to create jobs for people who are one of the most vulnerable people in the world. Because we're talking places like Africa, we're talking places like Thailand, and that's where the trees are planted, right? Yes, correct. Um, so mostly the tropical countries, A, because the trees grow faster, and B, because I think the jobs are more dearly needed there than they might be in Australia or Germany. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I think that's just, it's just golden. How do you find the people so, you're getting people from, and I'm asking the, at this, I guess, common denominator questions because if someone's listening and they're thinking, well, how did you find the people? How did you know who would be good enough in terms of the skill set? I mean, you don't need a whose skill set, but with the ability to plant the trees, and how did you find those people who needed the job the most? Like, was there mm. an action you put out? Like, what, how? I must admit there was a bit uh, trial and error. Mm -hmm. So first, of course, um, yeah, I just went online and, and searched for people. Then I started planting a few hundred with this uh, person, a few hundred with that community, you know. Mm -hmm. Then I had to evaluate 
how they were faring. Of course, it's quite difficult if you plant, I don't know, say trees in India mm. to actually go and check every single tree that yeah. is supposed to have been planted for you. So um, I set up this, this reporting and monitoring system where people would have, of course, to report back to me what they did, why they did it, where they did it, what sort of tree species are being planted, in which combination, all these things. Of course, they need to send images, um, sometimes video material, basically as proof of work. And unfortunately, there have always been drawbacks, you know, when the partner couldn't deliver what I had been hoping for, where you say, okay, well, it was worth a shot. Yeah. I don't think it was useless, you know, because in the best case, the trees have actually been planted, but maybe your reporting system just doesn't match with my expectations. Yeah. So I move on to other partners. And we're very proud to say that now we have excellent partners who actually also report according to my standards sort of thing, mm -hmm. and who are super keen to do the jobs and, and who are delighted to have work, you know, who actually have a passion in planting and, and caring for these trees. And I think that's what matters. I mean, we talk about passion all the time, right? But I always think if you have a passion, it's not a job anymore, you know, it's mm -hmm. something you love doing. And if then you get paid for it, I think you just totally hit the jack. Yeah, oh, complete 100,000, 100,000%. I mean, once you do that, <laughs> that little thing that you love to do, and be rewarded for it that yeah it is just it's just paradise it's gold so you found the people to plant the trees you're generating a revenue for them you're generating a wage for them you're creating a habitat for the, for the animals how long have you been doing this for um we started the, the sub page on my private website as i said before went live uh, in january 2018 and then for nine months, it was basically just that. And then in September, I actually um, created the own business. Until then, it was just a website, you know, and then it turned into a business and had its own website. And that's when things actually took off. You've done a lot of years. years. That's fantastic. Like, you, you've done <laughs> a lot of ground. I mean, the partnerships that you have, the collaborations that you have, and I'm going to talk about all that. Um, that all takes time. That all takes conversation. That takes a lot of emails back and forth. And, you know, like, come on, like, that's exceptional effort for the two and a half years that you've just put into it. And I, I'm just curious, before yeah. I get into that, I want to ask about your model, um, about the business model. And I want to know, and, I, and I'm really glad that you haven't gone down the not-for-profit route, but I'm making a comparison here. What was the difference for you going through for-profit, making it a for-profit business versus a non-profit? Like what made you choose this end and not the other? Um, the main reason was that I had never intended to start my own business. I just wanted someone to plant trees for me and then create marketing materials so I could basically position myself as the good guy. <laughs> that was my only intention. And the challenge for non-profit is that for them it's difficult to be biased. They can't say, hey, Rita is the coolest person on earth because as a non-profit you need to be unbiased. Whereas I, as Chris Kaiser, I can say that if you want to plant a thousand trees for me, I'm more than happy to, to create a video, you know, and tell everyone that you're the coolest person on this planet. And because we plant trees mostly for companies these days, these companies need a return on investment. I mean, there are non-profits who plant trees and they have been for hundreds of years. Mm. But the challenge is if you make it purely on donation basis, people will donate money as long as the economy is good. Mm. And once you have a downturn like in Corona, 
things turn sour and they stop the donations. So the route we are going down is we make it a win-win. So if partners plant trees with us, we make sure to create marketing material for them. We help them promote their green engagement. We give them suggestions how they can best promote it to their clients and to their networks to ensure that in return they attract more clients again and they make more revenue and that way they plant more trees again. So that makes it a win-win-win and the partner actually sees, oh, I'm actually making more, tree more money by planting trees. That's awesome. Uh, why didn't I start that any earlier, you know? Mm. And in the end, we live in a capitalistic world. We can't change it overnight, so it's best to just play along. But to integrate sustainability into this capitalistic system that we're dealing with, and that way, as I said, everybody profits. So that is the main yeah. idea behind no, I absolutely love that idea. And so the, your main customer or client that helps fund the trees, that helps you then hire the, the workers and to plant the trees and so forth and put it back into the business uh, is businesses. So it's business to business. That's who the customers are. So you're a business and you're selling to businesses to plant trees, right? Most, the, the majority of trees, yes. Um, you can plant trees on our website as well. That's why it's called Click a Tree, because I'm such a smart German, right? You go online and you click a tree. That's uh, quite clever. But um, yeah, the, the main focus of the operations is businesses. We work with, say, gastronomy. We work with uh, e-mobility people. We work with fashion. We work with uh, beauty brands. You name it, you know, because my, my idea is to fully integrate sustainability into everyday habits. And the idea, say, with um, uh, a restaurant, for example, is they create a special dish. If it would be a, a pizza place, you call it pizza for the planet, for example. Mm -hmm. And for every pizza, so pizza for the planet sold, they plant one tree. And that way, you as a normal person can just go to the pizza place, you eat that pizza, and you planted a tree, you know, you did great by just enjoying sensational food. Mm. And how much better does sustainability get, you know? Yeah. So, um, we need to drag sustainability out of this niche of, oh my gosh, it's expensive. I, I can't do that. I can't travel. I can't do anything, you know? Uh, more into the, oh, it's fun. I just had sushi and I planted a tree. Oh, I just bought a new e-scooter. I planted a tree, you know? Um, it can yeah. be that simple. So your collaboration movement is that you go to, for example, the pizza shop and you say, if you sell this particular pizza, every dollar or every 50 cents or whatever the amount is that you negotiate goes towards a tree. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. So it would be only one particular dish because that way also the pizza place can track the success. Yeah. And the more of the pizza they sell, the more the clients apparently love the idea and then they can always expand it to a second pizza if they want it. Yeah. But um, that, I mean, there might also be shops where the clients don't care that much about sustainability and then if that pizza just doesn't sell okay it was worth a shot you know but no harm done the idea is always to make sure that the business also profits from it if i would tell the pizza shop look from every pizza now you plant the tree then it cuts into their profits and that's not the idea of how we are operating yeah fantastic was this your idea to service businesses like that or was that something else that someone else mentioned to you um, it's always a mix. So, um, when we started on, on our website, I'm, I'm a sales and marketing guy. I've always worked in sales and marketing for over 10 years, mostly in the tourism and, and um, gastronomy industry. And so as I said, the first idea was to actually tell the business, look, you only pay me if I generate revenue for you. 
Okay. Um, so we would work with the big uh, online tour operators like booking.com or Expedia or something. And only if you come via our website and then make a booking on their website, you would be tracked with a little code. And then they would know, ah, hey, Chris just sent Rita as a client. Rita spent $200, so Chris gets $2 yeah. or something. Yeah. And then we could go and invest that money. Yes. So it was from the beginning always a win-win because if I wouldn't refer any paying traffic to our partners, they wouldn't have to pay me a single cent. Yeah. And that always, of course, encouraged me because if I would just sit back and do nothing, I wouldn't earn anything and wouldn't be able to plant any trees. Yeah. And then middle of last year, we got approached by real-life companies, <laughs> like not online companies, who said, hey, Chris, terrific concept. Why can't we just do it in our store? I say, yeah, true. Well, of course you can. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, let's sit down and brainstorm this through. And that's how things develop. I think it's always a mix of getting ideas from different people and then bringing them together to what works best for you and your business. Fantastic, fantastic. So now, now tell me about the, the model is not for, for profit. Your customers are primarily business to business, but people can, like you say, click a tree. I or anyone can go on your website and you know, click on a thing and find a way of clicking a tree. I mean, planting a tree through a click. So... <laughs> I wanted to ask you, and starting this business, and as I, as I said, you've made a huge amount of progress in the two and a half years that you started this. I find that a lot of the time when I'm speaking to people, I, my question to them is, do you spend more time on marketing and sales versus the actual um, looking after the trees, finding the people, and the actual, like the cause of it? How much time are you spending for sales and marketing versus working on the actual cause? I mean, that feeds that. But marketing and sales needs to exist so the cause can be elevated and given a voice. So, and I'm just looking at course, how uh, you spend your time. Uh, I think that's, that's a gradual shift. In the beginning, I was mostly looking for new partners and making sure to establish a product that is trustworthy. You know, as I said before, find the partners who can report in the right way, who are doing the right thing, who work with the right philosophy in mind. And that took a very, very long time and it's still partially ongoing there's always small changes to our partnerships or maybe one reforestation project is complete so to say and the area that's available has been entirely reforested and then we look out for new partners so in the beginning there was probably about 80 percent of of the work versus 20 percent marketing and sales by now it has shifted probably the other way around it's more 80 percent marketing and sales because now i have a product i fully trust I fully stand behind with my, my name. Mm. So I'm proud to go out and say, Rita, look, we have the reforestation solution for you. We know how to make you more sustainable and we know how to grow your business profits in the same run. Mm. And now that I feel 100% confident of saying that and promoting it, I can spend basically all my time promoting it because I know I have partners in the background who take care of all the heavy lifting, of the planting, of taking the images, of, of growing the tree and all things and that is that is a great feeling so it's same yeah. like other companies would probably build up their team first and once the base structure is solid then you, you can build the Eiffel Tower on top but mm. first you need a solid base do you show for people who are partners with you do you go and show them the pictures of the trees that have been planted or the progress of the trees or the, the farmers or people who are actually planting like just to give them the background and and make them know that they're the engagement that they're gaining from being in partnership with you. 
Yes, of course. That is um, one of the, the big differences that we do compared to other um, reforestation companies. We even create personalized marketing material for, for our partners where people like on, on site would hold up banners saying, thank you, Rita, for helping to reforest Ghana or Thailand, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can promote that to your clients and people know it's actually your trees. You're not just mm -hmm. taking a, a picture from Shutterstock yeah. and saying, hey, I planted the trees or something. It's actually what you have done and what you have helped. Mm. And we always do that. We, we send the progress reports every six to 12 months, the latest, how the trees are growing, you know, the survival rate of the trees, um, updates from the projects, what's next. Because our partners also promote that again to their clients. So if we work, say, with a hotel partner, they would get back in touch with you and say, hey, Rita, you stayed with us last year and you planted this tree. Look, it's now grown this much. And by the way, Mary, who's taking care of the tree, she's earning a full-time income, which feeds her family. Mm -hmm. You're doing so much good, Rita, because you stayed with us. Why don't you come back this year? Book with us again, you know? <laughs> that again helps their marketing. So <laughs> always win-win. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, I just find that there are so many other bits and pieces. I mean, do you have a team that's working with, with I'm not on the ground, but to just manage all these moving parts, the admin parts? Do you have a team or is it just you doing all of this? Um, I have one lady helping me here on, on site in Germany to manage everything. And then we have uh, lots of freelancers who help out with the, the moving parts. Like um, now we just set up a new website, for example. Mm. Um, and a lot of, uh, for example, the, the email marketing is usually handled by, by freelancers. <clears throat> and then we have the, the managers on site who actually take care of the, the tree planting project. So we usually have one person to talk to and we know, hey, um, Clément, can you send us new photo or video footage or this part that just made a major donation? Can you please um, take some, uh, create some personalized marketing material for them? Something like that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot I of people. Have been imagine, I can only imagine how much money is going back into the business. Like, with every dollar that you're earning, there's the cost of this, there's the cost of that, because there's a lot of overhead that you may not expect it, but I think there's a lot to reinvest. Um, a question that I want to ask you is, are you, to for your own sustainability in terms of financial sustainability, for you personally, are you finding that you need to, as this is building and progressing and, you know, building up, because it's still very young, have you looking at, are you looking at a side hustle on the side to do, just to generate income for yourself so that you can exist and live? I did until last year. So in 2017, I moved back to Germany, but I continued working for the company in Thailand on okay. part time. So I worked for them 12 days a month, which was sufficient for me to sustain myself and to run the business. I, I never had to draw any uh, money out of the company. I could always invest 100% of what came in into planting the trees. And um, as you mentioned, the overhead, of course, of the nature of the business, we need to work on, on a cost structure that's as slim as possible mm. because people wouldn't want to invest 50 euros into planting trees if they knew that 49 come to Chris mm -hmm. and then maybe $1 goes, mm. you know, to trees. That's, that's yeah. not what people want. Yeah. They want the majority of their money to actually benefit the project they are supporting. Exactly. So we always worked on a very slim cost structure. Since this year, I'm working on click a tree full time, but um, I saved up enough so this entire year, I don't have to touch any clicker tree money. I'm not paying myself a salary or anything at the moment. I want to make sure that it actually properly scales. 
And once that is happening, then for next year, of course, I need to pay myself a salary as well, mm-hmm. since uh, I want to live from all that. Yeah, no, that's wonderful because that allows people who are listening to this get an understanding of what it's taking behind the scenes from you know just an actionable perspective and what someone who's listening might have to do for themselves to sustain their own passion and cause so that they have something in the back end so that they're not drawing out or feeling overwhelmed or feeling lost or scared during the process. That yes. doing. From, from that perspective, I must say, well, first, it helped me to have this side hustle. The problem with that is possibly a little bit that you might get too comfortable at times because you still have this side income. You're like, yeah, if I don't work on my passion project today, it doesn't really matter because I still have my side hustle thing, you know, so I still have food in the fridge sort of thing. Whereas now that I'm working on Click a Tree full time, I know that by the end of the year, I need to make this work. Otherwise, things get very difficult. So it gives you this extra motivation to work a little bit harder. Mm. So I think my recommendation also, yeah, when I had the side hustle, you know, your attention is always a little bit divided between the two things. Should I invest my time into this or into this? And your thoughts might be in the other project. So I think I would recommend work super hard in, in a full-time job, maybe do some over hours or have a side hustle then and try to save up some money mm-hmm. and then quit everything, move full-time into your passion project and then live from your savings for a while while you make your passion project work. Mm. And then make sure you make it work and then you draw a salary out of that. Yeah, actually make it work, yeah. <laughs> that operative work, actually <laughs> make it work, <laughs> yeah. So I'm really interested to know about your collaborations. I mean, you have collaborated with, like you said, Expedia, Booking.com, TripAdvisor. I mean, these are big guns. Like, they're not little small, you know, secondhand stores. Like, they're big guns in the industry. How do you approach collaborations? Um as openly as I can. So most of the time I just pick up the phone and mm-hmm. call people until they finally let me through to the marketing team <laughs> and until they understand that I won't give up. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you send emails, it's easy to be ignored. You know, the second and the third email and someone writes you back and said, hi Chris, we're not interested. Mm-hmm. It is that simple. If, if you have someone on the phone already, you know, and you, you start making a report and you work with them, you talk with them, you ideally even make them laugh or something then they become a lot more friendly and they're like yeah sure i'll see what i can do maybe the first second and third time you can't reach a marketing team because it's against their policy or they're in a meeting or whatever it might be but if you just continue calling them once a week or something you know they understand he's not giving up and then they better just pass you through instead of getting bugged every week (laughs) once you suggest a win-win solution to a big company, they're usually very open to it. And I think that's why they're big, because they can tell it's a win-win. Mm. And if I tell them, look, you only pay me a small percentage of the money I actually make you, they calculate, mm, we're making whatever it is, 10% profit. If we would give 1% of that to Chris, we're still making 9% profit, we would otherwise not make, because he now becomes our marketing ambassador. Um, um, yeah, sure, good deal, let's do it. Fantastic. And with your collateral, the marketing collateral that you make for companies, is that just letting, tell me about that. How does that go? Uh, you mean for, for the partners we work with, yeah? Yes, yes. Um, it is, as I said, the idea is that our partners always see a financial profit themselves from their cooperation with us. We don't want to be another, you know, um, non-profit um, where you make a donation because you want to feel better about yourself. We understand that you need to integrate everything into your 
capitalistic system and especially small and medium-sized companies, especially now during Corona, you know, they're all fighting for survival and they need a bit more traction. Yeah. We're super proud to say that not one single one of our partners has canceled their cooperation with us mm. because all of them see the value, not just for the planet, but also for themselves. Because unfortunately during tough times, you know, it, it comes to a point where you're like, I don't know how to pay my employees, so why should I pay people in Ghana to plant trees? You know, it, yeah. it comes to this survival instinct where you always come first. Whereas when you see, hmm, I'm still making more money because I pay people in Ghana to plant trees, I think I should continue that so I can actually pay my employees here on site. And that is how we create the, the marketing material for them. Every company works a bit different. Everybody wants to um, convey a different message. Some people plant trees with us because they fight climate change, you know, so they rather put the, the focus on this nature aspect. Others are animal lovers, so they want to showcase how much habitat they're creating for animals. Okay. Others have the social aspect of um, creating the jobs for the local people, of creating incomes for the local communities. So we discuss with our partners, what is it that you want to focus on and what, the, what matters to your clients? Okay. And then we create the marketing collateral accordingly. Okay, so it's promoting the actual company, your collateral, promoting the company based on the angle that this company wants, whether it's through habitats, whether it's through climate change, whether it's through job creation, and then you create the collateral based on that angle for them and promote the company. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Correct. Correct. Gotcha, gotcha, Thus gotcha. we encourage them to, to talk about it. Now, unfortunately, it's still... A bit strange but people do they get shy to talk about it mm. and i had that beginning as well myself you know I, I never went out and was like hey i'm so awesome look i'm planting trees i'm creating habitat for animals i'm creating jobs for people and stuff mm. i was like yeah you know i have this internet business and it's it's a shame because somehow you feel bad for mm. doing good <laughs> and that's a really strange paradox I've never seen one of the bankers here in Frankfurt to not tell you how much money they make, you know, and <laughs> I never get that paradox. So we encourage the companies to actually talk about it, do good and talk about it. And in many cases, we also help them because we found that a third party talking about this company gets them a lot more credibility. If they would say, hey, we're awesome, everybody says that in their marketing brochures, right? But if we go out and say, hey, look, they are awesome, then suddenly people listen up and say, why is he saying that? You know, it's, it's the same that travelers, they rather trust TripAdvisor review than they would trust a yeah. hotel's website. Exactly. Because, of course, on the website, the hotel tells everybody how awesome they are. Yes. Nobody would say, oh, actually, we're a shitty hotel. You shouldn't come visit here. <laughs> but um, on TripAdvisor, you get the, the third-party perspective, and people trust that. So we become the third party doing the marketing for these companies then people listen up and we get a lot of media attention also for our partners, which again drives more clients to them, which generates more revenue, which makes them plant more trees with us. So we see that the full circle is the way to go. And we also, of course, benefit on the bottom line. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it either. We also yes. company life. But we found that everyone working together in a win-win-win situation is possible. And that's why we're focusing on that. Well, 100%. I mean, gee, Louise, everything comes, like you say, in full circle, 360 degrees of helping. Do you have, like, uh, like when you go out and you obviously you've, you've gone to people like TripAdvisor and Expedia, Booking.com, but places like the sushi place that you've got, 
um, the email autoresponder that you guys have. I'm, I've read all this on your website. Do you have, <laughs> well, <all>. good work. <laughs> do you, you guys go and you nominate? Like, how do you how do you choose who you're going to go to? Like other than the big guns because they're big guns. How do you choose? You know the other businesses. What what makes you? What um, criteria do you use? Uh, oh, that's that's a very good question. Um, because quite often, again, same with our um, tree planting partners in the beginning, this is a bit of trial and error. So now during Corona, for example, of course, we need to find companies that still make a hell of a lot of money. Mm. So we approached a lot of bicycle companies, for example, and told them, hey, look, everyone jumping on a bicycle might potentially be a nature lover because they prefer sitting on a bicycle instead of using their car. Mm. Why don't you plant one tree for every bicycle you sell? And Bicycles, you know, they cost four digit upwards, the good ones, and especially the e-bikes that are so trendy at the moment. Adding five or 10, 10 euros into that sales surely won't put your customers off, yeah. but you get an added value. Mm. And believe me or not, none of them signed up. <laughs> I'm like, how is that possible? We have a sushi place, they're selling sushi for 15 euros and then they donate 5 euros to plant a tree. Oh. And you're getting 2,000 euros for a bicycle and you're too stingy to pay 5 euros for a tree? How? <laughs> but it was worth a shot. So yeah, now we saw that the sushi place, for example, they developed really well. Despite Corona, they increased the sales of their tree planting sushi roll by 22%. Fantastic. That really shows that, that people care. So now yeah. we've uh, a lot of gastronomy partners. Quite often we get approached by people who say, look, I'm, I'm having this business. I would love to contribute a little bit more to the well-being of our planet. I understand that our planet needs a future, that our children need a future. Mm -hmm. I'm in my business. I don't have the time to do it. Can you help me become a little bit more sustainable? And of course, yeah, more than happy to help out. And then we discuss ideas. What is your intention? What, what did you have in mind? You know, how much impact do you want to make? And then we find something that, that suits that business. Wonderful. And we always happen to, uh, happy to, to explore new corporations. You know, that's how we got into the e-scooter business or into fashion brands or something. Yeah. I never really considered that, but suddenly they approached us and said, hey, Chris, can you plant trees for us? Like, yeah, <laughs> why not? You know, I mean, it works for basically every business. We have IT consultants for every new partner they find, they plant a tree. Wow. Like people go like, okay, IT costs energy, you know, it's not always environmentally friendly, but this person at least plant trees, so they care. And that's why we choose this consultant over the other consultant. It always gives you a USP that you can use in your marketing to attract new people, new clients. Unbelievable. I guess it's, it's such a feel good business that you're doing. It's such a, <laughs> really like it just serves Agreed. it serves the greater good i mean it just yeah true it, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are wrong with it <laughs> i'm interested to know um uh things like could you talk a bit about for listeners who are listening to this right now things like being tree plant trees while surfing the web. Like, how does that work? And how does it work when people sign up and be a subscriber to your newsletter that a tree gets planted? Can you explain the, what goes on behind the scenes with that? Uh, sure, yeah. Let's, let's make the twofold. First thing you mentioned is the newsletter. Yeah. Uh, the 
the main challenge we are always fighting with is of course trust because if, if i tell people look i'm planting a tree for you i'm going to take care of it then it's got a diverse ecosystem it's not a, a monoculture plantation or something it's actually habitat for animals yeah. um how are they going to trust me and nobody's in ghana or in thailand and not everybody goes out to visit a tree plantation just to see the mm. two <clears throat> so when people sign up for our newsletter we own one tree for them and then send them the uh, marketing collateral like the the happenings behind the scenes to build up trust and to show them what's happening to their tree that it's not like you click on them it is actually a fully grown tree like you select the seedling you place it in soil you water it for three to six months and the nursery it grows up a few centimeters once it's like 30 40 centimeters maybe you plant it out into the field you need to have a very interesting variety of different trees so they can actually benefit each other in the symbiosis and stuff like that and we explain all that to people and that's why we give them the free tree so we can explain to them what we do that way we build up trust and of course the idea is that in the end they come back and then plant more trees yeah. otherwise we couldn't finance the operations yeah. the idea with um, surfing the web and planting trees is uh, the partnerships we have as you mentioned for example there's an, an email service provider there's um, search engine there is um, basically everything that that where money is going around where transaction is made you can always say why don't we take two percent of that transaction and invest it into a better uh, into a good course sort of thing <clears throat> so we created this um, browser extension which always alerts you and say hey Rita you're on a partner side of click a tree you're about to sign up for this newsletter service for example uh, if you click this button once, then a small percentage of your transaction goes to click a tree and click a tree can plant trees with that. Mm. It is as simple as that. And then on every occasion you're in charge, you can choose, do I want to um, contribute planting trees with that or not? The beauty is the money always comes out of the pocket of our partner. You never have to pay extra for it but it always comes out of the marketing budget of our partners mm. who instead of you know, putting it into Google AdWords or TV ads or whatever, instead of that, they give the money to click a tree so we can plant trees with that. Unbelievable. What's your vision for all of this? Chris, like what's the ultimate? <laughs> oh, there's, there's two big visions. Um, my, my big dream, put it that way, is that the elephants survive into the next century. So, um, I mean, as most people know, unfortunately, the numbers of wild elephants are decreasing rapidly. We have about 400,000 wild African elephants left, and we only have about 40,000 Asian elephants left. That's 10%, and that's super, super few. And my dream is to one day walk with my grandchild in hand to and actually show this kid um, a real wild elephant, not, not an image, not a video, not a zoo or something, but a wild elephant, maybe on, on a wildlife safari or whatever it is, mm. that um, yeah, we ensure the survival of this amazing species into the next century. And the, the vision to make that dream happen is to fully integrate tree planting into everyday habits. So um, we're now working with a cafe, for example, and every time you zip a coffee, 
they plant trees for you, you know, then you go and eat pizza for lunch and, and the pizza plants a tree for you. In the afternoon, you go shopping and buy yourself a new t-shirt or something and you planted another tree. And in the evening, when you sleep in your hotel room, you planted another tree. So you just planted four trees in one day without doing anything different, you know, yeah. simply by, by actively choosing where you want to have your coffee. Do you want to go to Starbucks or do you want to go to the small independent coffee shop that supports the well-being of our planet and that ensures our race? So it's such a small choice and the coffee tastes, let's say, the coffee tastes same. And probably Starbucks is even more expensive. <laughs> so you pay less for your coffee and you do good for the planet. Um, it's not a difficult choice to make, I don't think. And the idea is to really find enough partners across the globe that you can make this decision with everything you do. Yeah. And we even now in Germany have internet providers or mobile phone providers, you know, so you choose your SIM card. And every time you pick up your phone, you know that you're doing good just by being on the phone. Or every time I access the internet, you know, there's a small contribution being made to the well-being of the planet. So wow. yeah, that's a big vision to fully integrate it into everyday life and make sure, because that's the bonus, you know, to reforest all these empty areas that need reforestation these days. Yeah. Look, it's so absolutely such a gorgeous vision that, you know, because uh, I'm Muslim and in our tradition, we believe that whatever good that you do, like after you die, whatever good you've done, that's an ongoing charity in your name. So like planting a tree survives after a human being dies and the shelter that that provides and the food that that provides and the coverage that, that provides is all just rewards that goes to the soul of that person as they've ventured onto the next world. So what you're doing is actually creating ongoing charity after a soul has departed from this earth and the, the reaping of those rewards are still for those people who exist. And that's just like the biggest, it's just the biggest gain really, because it goes beyond self-interest, it's beyond what's in it for me. I mean, there is something that has to be in it for you because you've got to survive, but it, the, the vision is so much greater than that. And what you're doing is just so remarkable, just really, really remarkable. Beautiful way to put it, huh? thank you very much. I must admit there's, there's a lot in it, November, for example, I went to, to Ghana and, and spoke with the team on site and the people on site to plant the trees. Just looking into their eyes, you know, and into the eyes of these people whose lives changed so incredibly. I had never met them before, you know, and, and, but still through, through this website that I created, they now have a full-time job and they feed their families and send their children to school and proudly put their kids in new clothes, for example, you yeah. know, and yeah. once, once you experience that and you experience the, the gratitude, I don't think you ever want to do anything else again in life because mm -hmm. it's, it's very egoistical, but it, it's good for me, you know, knowing that, that you're helping so much. Yes. At least before in a sales and marketing job, what you do is you fill the pocket of the owner of the company sort of thing and mm -hmm. it feels good for a while because your reports keep increasing you know and you're like yeah i hit my yearly target mm -hmm. your life should be about yeah so um, i don't know everybody can make their own choice you know i'm not, not judging anybody and yeah. some people have they don't have the freedom like me to actually choose without salary you know to follow their passion so to live and honestly no judgment at all yeah, yeah. Um, it's just something to think about you know there's, totally. there's so much 
great to be done. Once you do it, you're the person who gets rewarded the most yes. just because you actually have meaning to life. That's I right. think that's what a lot of people look for, what's yes. the meaning in life. That's right. Well, yeah, well, they say the meaning of life is find a problem and solve it. <laughs> that's what's exactly what you're doing. You've got a problem <laughs> and you are solved. That's your mean. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Chris, could you please give us the, the website address of where anyone can go to find out more about Click a Tree, to donate uh, or to participate and to become a partner or just to get on your subscriber list? Uh, sure, yeah. Just go to clickatree.com. It's as simple as that. Uh, there is a, a newsletter sign-up form, or if you go directly to clickatree.com slash free, uh, then you find where you can plant a free tree by signing the newsletter list. Um, every page of our website or the contact form, you can always shoot us an email if you want to have more information, if you want to get in touch, want to explore options for your own business, um, how to become more sustainable. Um, more than happy to hear from you. If you want to message me directly, simply to chris at clickatree.com and I'll get back to you within well, 48 hours the latest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a kind man, 48 hours. Such a busy guy. <laughs> Look, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being an example of what, what it means to find your passion to turn that into a profession, and not only that, but to make the world a kinder and more sustainable place. Thank you for being that example. Thank you, Rita. Um, as mentioned in the very early introduction already, thank you also for inspiring so many people. Uh, it is absolutely fabulous what you do. Uh, something your listeners haven't heard yet. I, I also had a, or two mentors actually who inspired me to dream bigger, you know, and then to really follow my passion. And, and that is exactly what you do as well. And it's incredible. Invaluable. It's, it's so hard to put a tag on that mm. because people are lacking dreams these days. And, and if you, you inspire them to dream again, you know, and to, to follow their passion, and it makes so many people unbelievably happy. Um, please keep doing that. Thank you very, very much for that. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for being on the podcast and joining us. And we'll catch you on the very next episode. Thank you and God bless.